This is where I go to find peace. This is where I go to find wisdom, joy, gain understanding. This is where I go to see God differently, to grow in my walk with God. This is where I go to find direction for my day-to-day life as a woman, a mother, a wife, a businesswoman, a child of God, a daughter, a, a believer. This is where I go to find instructions. So I understand and God corrects me in the place of natural, but also understanding the spiritual. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the Bible. The Bible is so vast. It is so big. It is so mysterious, but yet understanding is simple, but yet complex. It is all of these beautiful things that is representative of God. And sometimes I don't think we have fully understood what the Bible is. And really, like I've always said, we should have this desire to be on a constant journey to be his students. So today we're going to talk about how to study the Bible and the beauty that we get when we are when we really, really, really dive into the word of God. Let's talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am so excited that you all are back. Thank you once again. This is Conquering Me Podcast and I am Jennifer Jefferson. We are here to talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Jesus and the best way to grow in our relationship with God and to actually minister the word of God and talk to people about who Christ is, is to be Bible students. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to study the Bible. Now, here's the thing. There are several different ways that people study the word of God. And I don't think there that there really isn't like a wrong way uh, to study the word of God, um, unless you're just using the word of God to, um, I guess the best way you can say, just use it to beat people up <laughs> or, or to use the word of God to um, argue with people all the time. My husband and I were having this discussion about how some people are really theologians. They have studied the Bible. When I say study the Bible, I, they understand the different um, words from Greek, Hebrew. They know Arabic. They know all of that. They understand who was in the Bible, what was going on during that time, what was Joseph's true struggle. And you know what I mean? They do all that stuff, but yet they don't have the spirit or the character of God. And there are some people who know the Bible through and through, but they're not even believers. They don't believe in God. They don't even believe in Jesus Christ, right? And so it's not unusual for some people to look at the Bible as just a book. It is just another literary book like any other book. But as believers, we should never take that um, that stance. First of all, I look at the Bible as a library. As a kid, I used to love going to the local library. And I still do today. And it's something that is just very peaceful being there and you're seeing the different books and you're seeing people who just really want to learn and and gain more knowledge. And I remember when I got my um my license and my car, I would I would go study 
I would take all my books and go study at the library. And I would just have all these books laid out in front of me. And I just, and now looking back, I realized that how much I learned. I loved knowledge and I love to learn more of anything, just things beyond me, right? I don't want to be so consumed with my current and present situation or even my certain level of information or knowledge. I want to gain, I want to learn more. And I feel like knowledge is something that you can never have enough of. You should never desire to say, I don't want to learn anymore. And then that's it. And as believers, if we take that mindset of The Bible is, and this is nothing but the Holy Spirit that really shifted my perspective when it comes to the Bible. The Bible is a library, or for some of those who have not, may not have access to that, think of it as the library is a Google search, right? (laughs) It is a wealth of knowledge and not just knowledge. We see God's character in the Bible. We see where he gives us practical wisdom, things that we can live out day to day in every aspect of our life, legit in every aspect of our life. If you, I I promise you, if you seek and search the Bible for specific things, you will find it. I remember as a kid, um, I heard this preacher say this, and I'm, I'm pretty sure some of you all may have heard this, where they said the Bible is basic instructions before leaving the earth. That's what the acronym was, right? Now, if that's true or not, child, I don't know if somebody made that up or whatever the case is. But at the end of the day, I was like, hmm, that makes sense because really it is God left us this book as a way for us to not only receive receive instructions for as we are walking this earth, but also for us to understand his promises. This is why I say, this is where I go to obtain his joy. This is where I go to, to learn more of God, his peace. When I'm like, Lord, I know you've called me to build this in the natural. God, show me your wisdom in the word of God so I can, so my soul can be settled in what I'm doing because the enemy wants to attack us on every level. Every level the enemy wants to attack us. But if I'm constantly, and I I had to, and I'm going to say this little piece. Um, A few weeks ago, I was teaching a, uh, I'm doing a series at my church regarding prayer. And the first thing that the Lord had me to discuss specifically was the spirit of humility. Really having a spirit of humility when we are praying and interceding for other people. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to really search our hearts so we don't go in before him um, with this nasty mentality or whatever that is against what God desires. Or even sometimes we may want something so bad for somebody like say, for instance, we we may want their marriage. I'm just using an example. We may want their marriage to uh, to be healed and everything is good. And instead of us realizing that that's not part of the will of the Lord, right? Maybe they should have never been married. I don't know. I'm just giving examples here. Okay, so really having really having a heart and a mindset to be humble, because I truly believe that humility is our responsibility. It is something that we have to be conscious of and we have to ask the Holy Spirit to humble us. Lord, show me where I need to humble myself before you and us being mature in the faith, being um, being mature in the faith, but also being able to recognize when pride is 
uh, entering. This is discernment. A lot of times we use discernment on other people, but are we using discernment on ourselves? So as I was teaching this class regarding prayer and the main really point that the Holy Spirit wanted me to discuss was humility. We begin to talk about the importance of reading the word of God and how the word of God is so important, even in our prayer lives, how we can be able to pinpoint something and speak the word of God against what is maybe someone battling or even yourself, right? But along with that, if I understand his word, I understand also when the enemy tries to use the word of God to twist it. We discussed, I believe it was last uh, season. I don't know if it was in the first season or in the second season, when we talked about Jesus uh, being tested in the wilderness and how the enemy used scriptures against Christ. And when we, we really went in and we looked at those scriptures and one thing that the Holy Ghost revealed to me in the scripture was how the enemy, of course, removed the parts that glorified God, removed the parts that gave God the glory and gave him all the honor and letting God's character shine, right? Because that's not what the enemy wants. The enemy does not want us to see who God is. He always wants to get our eyes off of our father. That is his desire. But if we study the word of God and if we see God's character and we see what his desire is for us, for his children, what is his design? And we become curious about him. We, in the best way I can say it, it's kind of like we're building a, like imagine those big castles from back in the day and they had those huge walls, those stone walls. And the only way to get in, if they would have to lay down, they were like, let the gate down. And it was over a moat. It was all of this protection that was protecting the kingdom. And when we study the word of God, along with prayer, along with fasting, along with doing the things that God is calling us to do, it is like we're building up this mighty fortress around our minds, our heart, our spirits, and, and around our children, around our loved ones, around our community, because we are so involved in the word of God, where it's not, we're not using the word of God uh, to shape people, but to help and build people up. The word of God can correct you and it should correct you. I tell people often when you get into the word of God, do not run away from being challenged by the word of God. Don't do that. Don't run away from being challenged by the word of God. If you read something and it really bothers you, Don't just automatically dismiss it or don't just automatically say, well, that was for that time. We have to wrestle. Sometimes you will wrestle with the word of God because we have to remember our flesh does not want to hear the truth of the Lord. Our flesh does not want to submit. That's not what it wants to do. Unfortunately, when sin entered into this world, there has been a battle. There's just been this constant contention, right? And so we have to be okay with when we get into the word of God, where we're feeling convicted, we're like, wait a minute, God, I don't want to do this. Oh God, wait a minute. What are you saying about this? And what are you saying about that? It's okay. Remember to become a student. 
ask the Holy Spirit to reveal more of his truth to you. I remember somebody said this um, during one of the meeting of the minds at my church and we were uh, talking and um, the meeting of the minds is kind of like a a Sunday school class uh, at at my church. And I was teaching that day. And um, and so how we have it, we have the women, the women have their class and the men have their class. And I was teaching the women and and one of the ladies said, um, you know, sometimes I look basically they said, I look at the word of God and it kind of contradicts itself. And so for me, I don't think that the word of God contradicts itself. And I did say this in the class. I said, but I look at the word of God as it completes. It's a full circle. Maybe it's like a puzzle. So you may learn one scripture and it's one piece of the puzzle. But then you learn another scripture and it's on the the top right, left, upper corner piece. But the thing is, we don't see the vision. We don't have the box of what the puzzle looks like. It's just, we just keep adding in things as as we grow in him and as we learn more of him. And the interesting thing is, the more we learn more of God, it seems like now the puzzle was at one point, a hundred pieces, then it moved to a thousand pieces, then it moved to uh, uh, 2000 pieces. <laughs> so the more you learn of God, the puzzle pieces, it becomes, uh, the puzzle itself becomes bigger and the pieces itself become more intricate and more detailed. And it, when you step back, you begin to see this beautiful picture that God is constantly unfolding through his word. The Bible is full of stories from wonderful, glorious, victorious stories to very disturbing, ratchet stories. Let's just be real. When you hear about daughters trying to sleep with their dad, you're like, whoa, what is happening? One thing that is challenging specifically for black people in America is hearing the stories about slavery and what the command was to the slaves, right? And I want to put this little caveat in there for anyone, specifically those who are in America, because God has graced this podcast to be heard across this world. Thank you, Jesus. Um, That one of the fights that's happening is people are saying, and I don't know if they're saying it's other countries, but I hear it. I'm hearing it more frequently in, in, in America amongst black people. And it's really amongst a certain age group um, that I've seen it online, social media and various places where they're like, you know, uh, Christianity is a white man's religion. They, they put this on us when they enslaved us and brought this over, brought us over to this country. And here's the thing. I want to put this little factoid out there. The oldest Bible. The oldest Bible that is that has been discovered that is known of today is the Ethiopian Bible. That Bible predates King James Bible, so I don't even know how many years, but that is the oldest, and from my understanding, like the most original Bible is the Ethiopian Bible. I don't know how more African you can be or black you can get than a country that is in Africa. Okay. So just a little fact that I want to put out there. So we need to see, this is why also studying the word of God, knowing that the Bible was written over 12, um, I believe it was 1200 years. This is why I, I look at the Bible as a library, 1200 years of knowledge that people wrote pieces of the Bible. And it was, it was written over that life, over that time frame. 1200 years 
So it wasn't like it was just written in two, three years. No, 1,200 years it took to know the Bible as is and what we have the Bible. Yes, there are books that are missing because a lot of those books were incomplete. Please do not listen to theories where people would took things out because they want to manipulate people. I truly believe in the divine order and um, the, the divine order and control of the Lord. The Lord inspired those to write the Bible and to write and to leave stories. And the Lord also gave the knowledge to those to, to make the Bible. Am I making sense? Like put the, everything together. So yes, there are certain books of the Bible that, um, that are not in what we consider the current Bible. But it is purposeful. But from my studies, and once again, this is, I have not done an exhaustive studies on this. A lot of those books were incomplete. So let's say, for instance, it started off in chapter four, halfway through chapter four, but we're missing one, two, and three, right? And then you're only, and then you're missing half of this other chapter. So be mindful And this is why we have to study the Bible, not just study the Bible for what it is, but also understand the history of the Bible. Be curious of the Bible. Ask God to give you a hunger and a thirst for him. Let me make this clear. When you are studying the word of God and you are challenged, you're having problems studying the word of God, you're having problems even praying, please know that that is an attack. The enemy does not want you to dive into what is going to make you free. Think about it. Think about it. The Bible is full of God's promises. It talks about his joy, his peace, his love. It tells us how we should be as believers, as husbands and wives. And it tells us to be how children. It tells us how to parent. It tells us even how to manage our finances, how to be good stewards and how to be workers, how to preach the word of God, how to teach the word of God. The Bible tells all these things. And even when it it, it even tells us saying that, uh, my brother, I wish that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So the Bible is telling us that he wants us to be in good health. All of these things, he's telling us that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think. So even what I ask or and I think, God is like, I'm going to do more than that. So the enemy is trying to keep us away from it all. The enemy wants to keep us away from seeing how God used imperfect people to fulfill his will. Because the only one that was perfect was Christ himself. Christ was without sin. Job was without, they called him a a blameless man, a blameless man, did not say he didn't sin, but he was a blameless man. Christ was the only one who did not sin. And this is what we have to see. So we see over and over and over how God used men and women and how he used children, all of these things to fulfill his mission. People of different ethnicities, people of different backgrounds to fulfill what God has called them to do. All of that it is it's in the Bible. So the enemy wants this wants to keep us away from that. A lot of times we're like, what is my purpose? And I tell people, what your purpose is, is to please God. What your purpose is, is to have a relationship with God and allow him to unfold that over time. Stop seeking things. Seek a relationship. Seek an intimacy with the Lord and allow him to move you. 
Allow him to move you like the wind. Allow him to just blow on you so that you can be rooted and grounded in him and in nothing else. So I want to give these 12 steps that the Holy Spirit gave me in prayer regarding studying the word of God. And in these 12 steps, I'm just going to break them down quickly um, on what he gave me in prayer on when studying the word of God and really studying a passage of scripture. I want to make this known. You can start wherever you want to. There are people who want to start in the beginning. And there are some people who want to start in the beginning of the actual Bible. So they start in Genesis. And some people say, I want to start in the beginning of New Testament. That's fine. Some people are like, well, I want to know more about certain topics. So they're topical studiers. That's fine. Some people, they want to study the characters of the Bible. Maybe they heard about David and they're like, who is this David dude? And they studied about David. That is fine. Okay. So why am I saying this? Because I hear so many people say, well, you need to study this and study that. I just want you to study and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. If you're on a study time frame to where it's like, I want to complete the Bible within a year. Hey, if that's what gets you going, fine. Just don't miss the purpose of why you are doing it. It is not just to check it off to say that I have studied the Bible and I know the Bible and now you wear it as a trophy, but really saying that don't forget the reason why I'm doing this is so I can learn more of God and see why he has done all the wonderful things. What are his promises? Okay. So the first step, I'll say this, pray. Always pray to get your mind settled. Get your mind settled. Remember, I talked about how the enemy is always making us distracted. He's putting everything in front of us to keep us from the truth, keep us from freedom, keep us from all the things of the Lord. So pray, set the atmosphere. Like I tell my family, I'm saying, I tell them, hey, I'm going to study the word. I'm going to go study. I need to go pray. And then they know, okay, leave mom alone, leave Jen alone. Now, my little one, he still hasn't gotten yet. Why? Because he's five. So he just sits in the room. So I tell him it's fine as long as you sit here and we'll just be quiet. But I usually pray and I invite the Holy Spirit in. I say, Lord, I need you to be with me. Lord, I need you to reveal your word to me. What is it that you need me to see? What do I need to gain from this? I thank you for leaving such a wonderful tool behind for us. Like I'm giving God praise, glory, and honor. You're in prayer. And I say, God, open my mind and my heart. Let me see what you call me to see. I don't want to walk in with my own knowledge. I don't want to walk in with my wisdom. And I walk in with expectation when I study the word of God and when I'm praying that I am going to receive something, that I am going to walk out of this. And I literally imagine myself walking into a room with the Lord. So when I leave and I close my Bible, I'm like, Woo, I gained something today. Lord, I saw a revelation. I didn't, I would have never said that. I would have never thought that, Lord. So set yourself up to receive. Pray, have communication with God. Set the atmosphere. Some people, I've I've seen people to where they've said they've gone on biblical uh, uh, dates, per se. You know, they will go to the water. I love going to the water. So they go to the water and they may have their favorite coffee and they have their music. And they went to a place where it could help them really spend time with God. For someone else, it is set in music. For me, a lot of times I like to have my music and worship before, Right. So this, so when I say pray, pray and set the atmosphere, that's the first step. The second step is to read scriptures. 
Read the entire scripture. Um, one thing that I was, I'm so grateful that my husband taught me is when you read a scripture, read before and after. It gives you better context. It helps you to gain understanding. So if you're starting off with John 3, 16, um, go to John 3, 17 and 18 and then read a few verses above that. So you read the scripture and then you begin to see what notes take out. What, what is really resonating with me? Step three, identify God's character. What do I mean by identify God's character? In this, that you see his promise. Did you see his instruction? Do you see his joy? Do you see his um, correction? Do you see that he was angry, right? Like he was upset. God has emotions. Remember, we're made in the image of God. So if we're made in the image of him, all the emotions that we have, God has those too, right? So when you're seeing that, what did you see? Did you see his mercy? Did you see how he forgave and he gave a thousand chances? So write those things are, are that is God's character. Number four, write any keywords or thoughts or feelings that really resonate with you. So I know there's been times when I am reading the word of God and let's say, for instance, a word may stick out and it may say, let's say this Hebrew 11 and one, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So for me, it could be the word now. Why is that word now sticking out? And then begin to examine why now stood out. Is it because of, of I feel the sense of, sense of urgency? I feel the sense of in this moment, right? Because I only have a moment. I only have this exact moment to move in the faith that God has given me. And it may be faith and understanding what is faith. What is it? Do I need to go into, okay, oh, faith is the size of mustard seed. So write down any keywords, any thoughts, or even any questions. I have a lot of questions when I study the word of God. I have a lot. And I know some people still struggle with the idea because this is how they've been taught, that you do not question God. I ask tons of questions in prayer, in communication, honey, it could just be me and the Lord in my car. And I'm like, God, what's what? In, in um, studying the word of God, you know, um, my husband and I were studying the word of God and we're studying um, the, the fall of Adam and Eve before, right? So we're looking at the before and after. So we're looking at the garden of Eve, Eden. And I asked the question, I said, what's the pur- what was the purpose of the garden? And then my husband and I, we had this great discussion of the of the garden and we began to go back to examine what the scripture was saying, what was happening in Genesis 2. And you were seeing all what God was doing, the provision, the communication, all of these things that God was doing. And it's like, what was the purpose of it? Okay, this is what God was saying. This is what it's like to be in my presence, in my kingdom, right? So ask questions. Examine the feelings because a lot of times there are things that come up when we study the word of God. Maybe you may be reading something about the promises and you don't feel connected to it. Don't glance over that. Don't just immediately pray that away. Oh, I come against that. I know I'm a child of God. If you don't believe that you're a child of God, you need to examine that. Ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart and to bring out the why, the root of why there is a disconnect between you and the scripture because you believe, right? 
You know that you are his child. You know all these things, right? So, and I'm just using these things as an example. So that was number four, write down any crosswords, any thoughts, any feelings, any questions. Number five, cross-reference any of these keywords and these revelations to other scriptures. Why do we crossword? I mean, cross-reference. When I say cross-reference, I mean taking a specific word and learning more of what that word means. Maybe it's the word love. And now you're looking at what other scriptures when God was using the word love. And now you're able to gain more understanding. And also you're able to have a deeper understanding of his word, of that specific word, but also what his word is saying and also what the Bible is saying, right? And it's just ways to constantly expand. You're going, this is a deep dive. These 12 steps I'm giving you is what the Lord gave me for a deep dive study. It's not necessarily the the study of uh, memorization scriptures. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, because I know like I'm working on my memorization habits because a lot of times I have scriptures that come to mind and I do, I want to be able to quote them verbatim and tell you exactly where it is without Googling. Right. But I have no problem. Google, I will Google something in a second. I'm like, hold up. There's a scripture I'm thinking of. Hold on one second. Right. (laughs) I have no problem doing that. So cross-reference any keywords, any revelations, or even any thoughts or feelings, like dig deep into that. Maybe you feel uh, uh, like uh, the example I used before, like I'm not a child of God. So look up the reasons or the promises of being a child of God. Dig into that, uh, into these things. Never stop being curious about the word. Number six, reread the scripture in another translation. The reason why I say this is because I know there are some people who are um, very adamant about uh, their particular version of the Bible. So I was raised in the King James version. Like my brother says, the King James version. Okay. I was raised in that household where it was the King James version. And so I know some of the older people that I know and love, they still read the King James version and there's nothing wrong with that. But then there's some people to where they only read the NLT, the NIV or whatever the case is. I am going to stand in faith and hope that the different translations that are out there were inspired by the Lord and that the Lord um, gave grace and mercy and permission to those authors for a specific reason to reach a certain demographic. And so sometimes when we read different translation, it could be a certain word that is used within the scripture that brings the scripture to life and it allows you to have understanding. So don't get stuck in only reading it in a certain way. Really, really, really um, examine the word of God. Step number seven, identify God again. So in this, once again, we have we have gone through steps one through five. And now step six says reread the scripture in another translation. But step seven is, do I see God again? Do I see him differently? Did I see another part of him that I didn't see? Or did I glance over the promise? This is still studying just a passage of scripture. When I say a passage of scripture, you can, yeah, maybe uh, five, six scriptures or something like that. You know, in the Bibles, depends on what Bible you have is broken down into um, the message. Like, um, let's say that the Lord may say in the Bible, it may say Jesus lessons on love. 
and it may be eight past eight scriptures. So when you're reading this, there's so much meat in the word of God. It is insane. It literally is insane. So much meat in the word of God. We cannot stop finding revelation and knowing or discovering new things about God if we truly desire it. If you have the heart posture to learn of him more and more and to be his forever student and to always remain at his feet, I promise you, God will give you so much wisdom and revelation and understanding and how to communicate. And you learn from things and you're like, Lord, I thought it meant this, but I realize it means this. All of these things. So when I say this in step number seven, identify God's character again, revisit it. And listen, you may have to revisit on the fresh eyes. Like, okay, wait a minute. I I saw the love, but do I see his grace? Ask yourself those questions. Step number eight, write down any new keywords or thoughts or feelings. Once again, we're looking for revelation. We're looking for a, we're having a spirit of expectation that I'm gaining something from God. Maybe the first time you saw a key word and it was just that really stuck out to you that allow you to, I guess, answer a question that you had. But now the second time around, writing down any new keywords, thoughts, or feelings, now the Holy Ghost has given you wisdom on how to implement. See, for me, when I study the word of God, not only am I seeking to understand his character, his love, his promises, and so much of him and understanding the spiritual realm, but I'm also like, Lord, teach me how to um, apply this to my life. Lord, let the word hit me first. Then give me your wisdom, time, and season on how to spread it out to everybody else. But I want it to hit me first. That's why I said earlier, allow the word of God to um, to really wrestle with you. It is okay. It's okay. So allow all those feelings to come up to where sometimes I know I felt um, frustrated reading the word. I'm like, God, why, why are you saying this? God, why would this be, why would this be a requirement? You know what I mean? Or it could just be, Lord, I don't feel worthy of this. God, I know you say this, but I don't feel worthy. Deal with it. Stop running from what's going on. He wants a personal relationship. Remember, God told me the whole purpose of conquering me is to develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, Number nine, dive into the historical value and context. Why is this important? Let me tell you, when I started to really dive into what was happening when these scriptures um, were written, who were they addressing and what was happening during that time, boy, do I see a lot of similarities from uh, there. I mean, uh, during that time to now. Right. But also it gave different context. It gave a deeper understanding. So you do want to be a student of understanding the historical value and the context of when Paul was talking to the Church of Ephesians. What was happening with the Church of Ephesians? Who was in the Church of Ephesians? Because a lot of these things, the, these, uh, the apostles were addressing the, the different um, of faiths and religion and ideologies and different ethnicities and different practices and principles. Is this not relevant of today? Not all of us think the same. 
So all of these things is great to understand what is happening so that when we have conversations with those who try to dismiss the word of God or diminish the word of God or even make the word of God legalistic, we can come with the spirit of love and but also with the spirit of truth. But also we have done the work of being his students so that we are rightfully dividing the word of God. And we have studied to show ourselves approved. And those are two scriptures that I just quoted if you did not know. Verse, I mean, uh, step number 10, we're almost done. Thank you guys for, <laughs> we're almost in there. Verse, I mean, not verse 10, uh, step 10, reflect and apply. Reflect. We have to reflect on what we just encountered. When I was teaching the prayer class at my church, the Holy Spirit had me to just to say this. When's the last time you have been in awe of God? Just really be in awe like, wow. God, you are amazing. Or even just look at the word and just be, you know, or just laugh and giggle. Or look at, or, you know, read the word of God and kind of be in shock, like have an emotional response, but also reflect on, okay, God, you are giving me the secrets. You are giving me the keys. You are giving me access to so much. Like reflect on it and then ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom on how to apply it. Because the point of the word of God is for us to learn of him and to learn of his promises, but he wants us to walk it out. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. Steps of a righteous man are ordered in order for us to be righteous. First of all, we're only righteous because of Jesus Christ. But to learn of him, God, how do I reflect you? The Holy Spirit gave me this wisdom of saying, of understanding that, yes, we are made in the image of God as his creation. But the only way to reflect him is is through Jesus Christ. So you can be made in something, but not reflect where you were made. And that's the same with us as people. So we want to apply these things so we can reflect Christ here on earth. And number 11, meditate. Meditate on the scriptures that you just read. The Bible says meditate on his word day and night. Meditate, literally take what you have read and sit in silence and allow the spirit of the Lord to guide you wherever you need to go. And at the end, number 12, always end with a prayer of thanksgiving, thanking God for just revealing anything that you have received. And sometimes I know that I have been in the word and I've been in prayer and I just feel this release and this weight lifted off because there was something that the Lord wanted me to learn. And there was some things that God wanted me to release. So I said, God, I thank you for releasing this from me, for being so patient that you allowed me. I've been carrying this weight for months and you just been waiting for me to come to you. Read this scripture, humble myself, to gain of you and release it, knowing that you are the author and the finisher of my faith. So I know I've said a lot in this one about how to study the Bible. And I pray those last 12 steps really, really help you. We are in the middle of creating content, uh, products, books, and books, specifically scripture alignment journals, where these 12 steps will be in there and they're going to be with specific scriptures that the Lord has given me. 
and it's going to be based off the words of Jesus. And so I want us to really, really, really take this to heart. Now, these 12 steps, you guys can take it, run with it. We play it over and over. We are still working on a lot of things. Please keep praying for us. And I know that you guys are praying for us, but we, I mean, praying for us and and we are praying for you, but we are working on a lot of good things. Sometimes I do feel overwhelmed. Sometimes I feel uh, I'm not qualified, but I'm standing in faith and knowing that it is not about me, but it's about those that God has assigned me to and those that God has called me to speak into in whatever form, right? So we're working on products where these 12 steps will be in there on how to study the word of God. And it's really about aligning ourselves with the word of God and going into a deeper dive within him. So today, like we always do, we're going to end with prayer. So those who do not know Jesus, I want you to repeat after me. Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. Lord, I thank you for coming into my life and being my savior. If you believe that you are now saved. And I want to pray this prayer for any of you who have really been struggling with studying the Bible. You feel disconnected. You've been feeling so exhausted and tired and every time, or even when you look at the Bible, you're like, it's boring. (laughs) I'll say this, start with a specific topic. Maybe the Lord is having you to seek something that what you're feeling. If you're feeling a little bit, maybe disconnected or alienated, Go on a Google search about scriptures that help you in that area. Do those things and allow the the Holy Spirit to really, really bring all of this to life. Okay, Lord, we thank you for this time together. I pray that I have said all that you've called me to say. Lord, I, I pray that everyone who is listening to me, including myself, that our hunger and our thirst for you becomes just out of control where we just really seek you more and more in our private time with you from prayer, from fasting, from really con- from consecrating and also studying our word. We will not run away from spending time with you. God, you are not asking us to lay half of the day to you get dedicate six hours in studying the word of God. You just want us to spend time with you. So God, reveal to each and every individual, what is it that they need to do? Maybe they need to set their time to really get in 10 minutes of prayer and in getting into your word. And if that's where they are, that's where they are. But some of us, we know when we get into the word, it seems like an hour and a half, two hours just fly by. And if that's where we are, that is where we are as well. You did not put a time frame, a minute by minute, second by second time frame in the Bible on how long we should pray. You just desire us to come into your presence and commune with you. So God, let us look at the time that we spend studying the word of God as communication, as a lunch date, maybe a breakfast date, whatever it is, Lord. I ask that you just continue to stir up the gift within us, stir up that fire so that we may be the people that you called us to be and let us have in our hearts and our mind that the Bible has the answer and that you will guide us to what we need to read and what we need to read outside of the Bible because you have given others wisdom and knowledge here on earth and we will not dismiss that. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for all that you are and who you are. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you all. I love you all. And I will speak to you next Friday.